0: Hello, this is an episode about darknet marketplaces and it has swear words and it talks about drugs like throughout the whole episode. It might not be appropriate for some audiences, so consider this a content warning. Also, I highly recommend that you listen to episode 24 first. It's called Operation Bayonet, and it goes into depth of what darknet marketplaces are, like Alpha Bay, and there's some overlap between this episode and that one, and it's just good to have a strong reference point of the whole scene before getting into this one. Okay, with that housekeeping out of the way, let's get into the episode. These are true stories from the dark side of the internet. I'm Jack Resider. This is Darknet Diaries. This episode is sponsored by NetSuite. Okay, quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious, but with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs on headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is a financial system that brings accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access it from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Back by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash darknets. That's netsuite spelled netsuit dot slash darknet. In this episode, we'll hear a story from Arya Ebrahami. And Aria is no stranger to trouble.
1: So um, I had been getting in trouble my entire life, man. Just like disciplinary issues since I was a kid, you know, bringing knives to school in elementary, I got expelled. And, uh, you know, by the time ninth grade came around, they finally let me back into my county's public school. And uh, I messed that up. I brought weed to school. <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously schools have a zero tolerance policy for, for drugs. So I got expelled again. And uh, how old were ten- you then? I was 14 at the time, in ninth grade. How'd you get weed when you were 14? Honestly, you know what? I do remember, actually. I, I visited my sister when she was in college, and uh, that was the first time I smoked weed. I was actually 12 years old then.
0: Now, of course, his parents weren't happy that he was expelled from school for drugs. They had big dreams of what Arya may become and wanted him to succeed.
1: Yeah, dude, you know, it's it's the Middle Eastern dream. It's like... You could have been professional doctor, you could have been professional lawyer, you could have been policeman, but no, you want to be professional felony. I'm like, you mean felon? (laughs) But yeah, man, it's a lot of high
0: hopes being from a Middle Eastern family. His parents immigrated to the U.S. before he was born and did pretty well for themselves.
1: They came from Iran. My dad came here in 87, I believe. My mom came here in 93. And uh, yeah, so... Yeah, full full citizens now, though. Just a disclaimer.
0: (laughs) Arya lived at home with his mother and father in Virginia, not too far from Washington, D.C. But the school would not let him come back after this whole weed incident at all. He was permanently expelled. His parents found him a remote learning academy where he could take courses online. So he did that for his 10th grade year.
1: And 11th grade... I got accepted into a Christian school, like no other school would accept me, um, which is when everything started, pretty much. Um, that's when the whole crime spree started.
0: The crime spree started when he wanted to buy a fake ID.
1: I just want things that I can't have, so that's that's originally why I started getting the fake IDs. And at the same time, man, I I think a part of me wanted to feel accepted. I was like so left out of so much shit. And I just kept getting in trouble, man. I just, I was like looking for a home. Like I needed, I needed friends and I just wanted to to fit in. You know, I wanted people to like, I wanted people to like me. I wanted to be the cool kid. You know, I can get the alcohol for the parties and you know, whatnot. So that's originally what, what had me start my venture, searching for fakes.
0: He goes online, finds a few websites in China that are selling fake IDs. He sends them money, but gets nothing back. He was scammed three times trying to buy fake IDs this way.
1: And I'm pretty sure it was the same asshole that got me every single time. <laughs> That's the worst part about it. But I'm sending money, man. After the third time of getting scammed, I was like, fuck this, dude. Like, Why, why don't I just learn how to make them?
0: So he goes online to try to figure out how to make a fake ID himself. And he finds this website called reallygoodfakes.com.
1: On their homepage, they had a video of them making a New York driver's license. Like, they're they're kind of their step-by-step type thing to show, like, you know, we're not scammers. So I'm watching this video. I'm taking note of everything I can in this video. I'm looking at the printers they're using, the type of papers they're using. I'm looking at uh, their template. I'm like, okay, so I, I have everything. I have all the equipment. I know what I need to get. Now how do I get this template so I can print these fakes? I can just edit it in Photoshop. So I started going on Google.
0: He eventually finds a website that had a bunch of Photoshop files of different state driver's licenses. And these were the templates where he could just insert the photo of a person, change the name, and hit print. This is what he was looking for. But the only state he knew how to make was New York, since that's what that website taught him how to make.
1: So I told a couple of friends, I remember at the time I was in, um, I was this was 10th grade going into 11th grade. So this is like summer of 2012. So I asked my older friends who are already 18, and I'm like, uh, hey guys, you know, get me, give me some startup money. I'll make you some fakes. So <laughs> this is the funniest part. So I get like four friends. My friend gets four of his friends. They all invest like 25 bucks into me. I go to Staples and I buy the shittiest printer you can, you can find. It's not even like, it. it's not even the one that was in the video. I buy a shitty uh, printer. I buy computer paper and I buy lamination from Staples. Everything from Staples. <laughs> and I come home and uh, I download the template. I downloaded Photoshop. I edit it and I printed out a New York template with the name edited and my friend's pictures on there. Um, I I printed it out. I cut it out with scissors because I didn't have a card cutter at the time. I didn't have enough money. This is just like the start. I had no startup money. And so I'm trying as best as I can to carefully cut the ID off the, the computer paper. And so the final result was the worst, shittiest, lowest quality New York fake ID you can find. <laughs> so, you know, I give them to my friends, I, you know, I held up my part of the bargain, which is in exchange for your investment, I'll make you guys fakes. And um, these are the type of fakes that you can't take out of your wallet. You kind of just slap it in the cashier's face. Like you see it, you see it, you see it. It worked though, man. It worked. Um, it,
0: it worked for what? What, what did your friends it, buy?
1: They ended up going, they had beach week actually. They would text me while they were there, like it worked. And I'm like, there's no fucking way in hell that shit worked. Like I'm using like a an inkjet printer, man, on computer paper with like clear lamination that's like one millimeter thick. Like, there's no way this works. These, these, these IDs don't scan. They have barcodes on them. God knows what the barcodes say or what, they, what they're encoded with, because I wasn't encoding the barcodes at the time. They had no UV holograms. They had no holograms, period. They just, they just work, though.
0: Soon after that, people in his town knew that Arya could hook you up with a fake ID. So he makes some more and sells them to people around town. This gives him more money to buy the right equipment. So he reinvests in this illicit fake ID company, buying a better printer, the right kind of lamination, and even gets the barcode to actually scan if someone were to scan it. Which, by the way, the barcode data is just what's on the card itself, so it's possible to generate it yourself.
1: So I got this, I got everything down. Now I have to figure out how to get the UV holograms, like the holograms that show up when you put it under a black light.
0: Not a problem for a resourceful 16-year-old kid. A few Google searches shows him exactly where to buy the UV ink and printer. He orders it from his phone while in first period class and gets it shipped to his house. When it gets there, he prints a new ID with the UV ink. So I run
1: it under my black light, man. And when that fucking hologram popped up on there, that was invisible to the naked eye. But I saw it underneath. I was like, dude, these things are fucking official. It's a go. Like, it's go
0: time now. These IDs weren't perfect, but they were pretty good. So now it was time to start selling them
1: so so the the original goal was to just do it like locally um i had met somebody on xbox though many years ago 3 years prior to all of this in 2010 and um this person is uh he he was really good with web development you know so i had reached out to him and i was like dude can you make a website can you make me a website and uh <laughs> Yeah, he ended up doing just that.
0: To advertise his website, Arya decided to use YouTube. Specifically, he would go into the comments section of YouTube videos that he thinks maybe his customers would watch, and then he would post a link to his fake ID website. Now, the funny thing here is that Arya used a YouTube account which had his real name on it because he was just 16 and just didn't think it through enough but pasting links to his website all over YouTube was actually working. People were coming to his website and buying fake IDs.
1: And at the time, um, because Bitcoin was not really that big yet, which didn't happen for years later. I was only accepting Green Dot Money Pack codes.
0: This is a way to send money to any prepaid debit card, and it's mostly anonymous, since you can buy the card in a store with cash, and you just need to send the code that's on the back of the card to someone in order to give them money. And this was going well. Not huge, but it was bringing in more money to buy even better equipment with, which allowed him to expand and make other states Illinois was the next state he started making and selling ideas for. Month after month, he continues this process into 2013. He keeps posting links in the YouTube comments to his site, and word of mouth is helping it grow too.
1: So you know, that goes on man. and um, everything's all good. Everything's good. I'm making a lot of money at this point. I'm probably probably raking in like a thousand bucks a week.
0: He'd get somewhere between three to 10 orders a day and then come home from school and spend a few hours every day creating these fake IDs.
1: So I'd spend a couple hours a day every day after I came home from school and my room smelt like burning plastic. <laughs> and my parents obviously ended up smelling it and they would see it. They would come in, man. They would see this and like, they're just so disappointed, but they know at this point they can't tell me anything because I'm making enough money for me to like move out. And I, I don't think they wanted that.
0: He was getting all kinds of weird orders, too. So he had to start making some rules on who he would sell fake IDs to.
1: The original thing was that we would not sell to anybody that was over 21 or that looked over 21 because my entire thought was, why would people who are over 21 need IDs unless it was for fraud or like terrorism or you know something serious? And I also had a rule that if you looked too young, I wouldn't give you a fake ID. I'd just deny your order. And I actually stuck to that, man. Believe it or not, I really stuck to that because I didn't believe in, like, if you're 15, like, I think that's too young to be going to try to buy alcohol. Like, you could really get hurt. And I, I don't know, I had some sort, of, uh, some sort of conscience at the time. And if you looked over, you know, too old, I'm like, why do you need a fake? Like, it, that doesn't make sense to me. So anytime someone looked, any, the only people I would approve were the ones that looked anywhere between like 17 to 20, and I'd use my best judgment, and based off that, I'd, uh, I'd make their order.
0: Things were going good. Months go by, and the business continued to grow. He had saved up almost $10,000 by May. But then something happened which ruined everything. One day, he went on one of the fake ID forums and saw that someone doxed him. They posted his picture and name and address... For anyone to see,
1: and they put it out all over the internet. Noveltyidstore.com is a scam run by Arya Ebrahimi. Like, and it was just like, it was it was bad, man. So I got doxxed, and we shut down the website. I was like, dude, I was so sloppy with this, people can't know.
0: It's kind of funny. He called his website Novelty ID Store, which I think was a veiled attempt at trying to make it look like it was illegal but it really wasn't. Manufacturing fake IDs is highly illegal, and now his real name and address is out there tied to it and exposed to the public. He thought for a while, who would do this to him? And he determined it must have been a competitor fake ID website.
1: It was a guy named Delaware Fakes. He was a whole separate company. I had actually tried making an order from them the year prior to me learning how to make fakes, and I had gotten scammed by them too but they still had my order information in my picture, so they were the first people to dox me.
0: So he shut down that website and was done. This actually scared him. He knew this was illegal and didn't want to get caught, so he distanced himself from this. But man, he looked at that money he made from this, and it was nice, really nice. And he had all this equipment and knew how to make fake IDs pretty well at this point. So maybe there's another way to sell fake IDs, That's when he stumbled onto Silk Road, a darknet marketplace, which primarily sold drugs on it, but also had some fake IDs for sale there, too. He decided to make a vendor account on Silk Road to sell fake IDs.
1: And there was only two of us. There was two vendors on Silk Road for fake IDs. So there was Ted Danzig and then there was me. And I offered Illinois and he offered Ohio.
0: So Arya jumped in and started listing his fake ID making service on the site. His vendor name there was Oracle, and the price was $150 per fake ID. And
1: man, let me tell you, dude, that I got more business from Silk Road, Silk Road 1, than I had ever gotten from my website. Like, it was insane. It was just ludicrous. So what used to be like two hours I spent a day became... Literally every waking hour I'd come home from school until I went to sleep was making fake IDs. I am now 17 years old and, you know, I'm making like $10,000 a month. And it was just, it was disgusting. And I'm getting paid in Bitcoin, dude. Like I'm literally getting paid in Bitcoin. I'm getting paid like, I ended up my wallet at at the height of it all. The most I had at one time was like two hundred thirty four.
0: In 2013, the price for one Bitcoin was about $100. So his 234 Bitcoins was worth about $23,000. Now keep in mind, he's still in high school at this time. So he's living sort of a double life. The the double
1: life was being a church boy on the surface when I was going to this Christian school and then coming home and hammering out, you know, like a hundred fake IDs. And that year, actually, I started using Adderall. And so I'd take my Adderall in the morning time, um, I'd go to this Christian school and it was under control for a little while and I'd come home from school and get on the dark web, start punching out IDs and uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Adderall is typically prescribed to people with ADHD, but because it creates dopamine and serotonin in the brain, people take it to get euphoric feelings. And you've got to be careful with this stuff though, because if your body relies on drugs to produce dopamine, it might forget how to naturally do that itself, which is what causes addiction. Arya tried to keep it under control and only took one pill a day. This helped him stay on top of all the work he needed to do he took Adderall all through his high school years. Arya was now 17 years old, and his OPSEC was not that great. This means he didn't have the best security in mind when he was running this business on a darknet marketplace. Like, he would use his own handwriting to handwrite the labels of all the envelopes that got shipped out, and his fingerprints were all over these packages, and he made up a street as a return address but he still used this same city in zip code on it. And at this point, he was getting so many orders that he just stopped having any rules on who could get an ID and who couldn't.
1: On Silk Road, I didn't give a fuck. I wasn't even, I like threw that rule out the window. Um, I just wasn't paying attention anymore. I just. I made every order that came in on Silk Road, I made it uh, and I sent it.
0: Now you might be wondering, how bad could it be if someone buys a fake ID? Well, there's a lot of criminal activity you can do with a fake ID, and not just buying alcohol or cigarettes. There's one story about a teenager who bought a fake ID from Ted Danzig off of Silk Road, and then used it illegally to buy a firearm, and then used that firearm to shoot and kill a police officer. Fake IDs are used a lot by carders too, people who steal credit cards and need to cash out on them. They'll call Western Union and use their stolen credit card to send money to their fake name and fake ID and then go pick up the stolen cash using the fake ID. In fact, Arya was making his own fake IDs to go pick up payments from Western Union too.
1: One of my payment options later on in a different website was accepting Western Union. And I had like 10 different fake IDs and I would go all throughout the Northern Virginia area to pick up the money, which was another huge OPSEC issue because here I am picking up the money. My face is on camera. So all the feds have to do is make a a fake order for themselves, see where the money was picked up and then look at the camera. And there I am smiling
0: right there, waving at them. So he continues this operation all through the summer and into his senior year of high school. He was making thousands of dollars doing this.
1: I had I had made so much money. I didn't know what to do with it. I would go to like Chipotle and every day after school, dude, had, I'd go to Chipotle or five guys and I would give the cashier like 200 bucks. And I'd say, just pay for everyone until the money runs out. Like I just, just making so much. I was buying myself. I had everything I wanted. I, most of my money, man, my priorities have shifted now, but my money back then was spent on like designer clothes and, you know, just, uh... Like, I, I bought like this nine, and my fan is actually on right now. It was I think it was my first big purchase. It was a $900 fan, a Dyson fan that's like a bladeless, you know, the ones that don't have blades in them. The air just kind of comes out of the side, like it's blowing on me right now. It's just, I'm looking at this thing like, dude, you are my first big purchase. <laughs> 900 bucks on a fucking fan. Like, why?
0: <laughs> he was driving a Mercedes at the time but he didn't pay for it.
1: Yeah, it was a it was a C240, and I got that summer of 2013. Our neighbor was actually selling it for like $8,000, and it only had like 40,000 miles on it. And, um, you know, as, as a gift for me getting my license, my parents got me a car, I guess.
0: <laughs> Things were going way better than expected for Arya. No need to expand or do more, since he's barely able to keep up with the orders that are coming in. But then... On October 2nd, 2013, everything came crashing down. The FBI arrested the owner of Silk Road and seized the site.
1: My mom had picked me up from school that day and I used to access Silk Road from Tor on my phone uh, all the time, all day throughout school so I can get myself excited. So like when I get out of school, I can, I can uh, you know, make these IDs or whatever, see how much money I got today and we went out to eat and I remember getting on my phone while we were eating and I saw the banner, like the, the you know, the site, this hidden service has been seized. And um, Bitcoin at the time, I think it was like, it was like $101 or something like that. It was so low, dude, it was like in the in the low hundreds. And I went to check my Coinbase account.
0: Coinbase is a website used to convert Bitcoin into US dollars.
1: Bitcoin had dropped from like $101 to $93. And I'm like freaking out because I got 234 of them. I'm like, fuck, fuck. Like, dude, I got to sell right now. Like, I, This is over for me. Like, I'm going to be broke. <laughs> and so I sold all of my Bitcoin, dude, literally all of it for like $23,000. 234 Bitcoin for 23K.
0: Criminals back then would use Bitcoin as a way to accept and send payments anonymously. It was more convenient than Western Union or Green Dot Money Packs. But little did they know that Bitcoin was going to grow from $100 per coin to over $50,000 per coin in the next eight years. But when Silk Road was taken down, Arya's fake ID business came to a complete halt. He suddenly went from having tons of orders to fill to zero. But by this point, he had developed a bit of a habit of spending money a lot, and this didn't slow down his spending spree.
1: I would get a twenty-dollar meal at a at a like a hibachi restaurant, and I left a three hundred-dollar tip on a twenty-eight-dollar meal, and like the manager came over, and I had to sign papers though to leave tips this this big. Um, so I knew at the time, dude, I was like, I'm gonna burn through this money fast. So I reached back out to my friend who was a developer, like the web developer. I was like, dude, it's time to launch a new website. And so we did that. Um, He made a new website, and that launched in late 2013. And that website blew up fast because uh, everyone knew who Oracle was from Silk Road. Went to Reddit. I took it to Reddit, and this is when Reddit's fake ID subreddit existed before it got banned. And I said, hey, everyone, it's Oracle um, from Silk Road, veteran, veteran vendor from Silk Road. Here's my clearnet website. Uh that one was called noveltyids.co. And noveltyids.co was the the biggest website. Like I mean the thing was we we were running the fake ID market. I remember the first day we launched, dude, I had like 10 orders the first fucking day. Uh so so I'm still in high school right? I'm in 12th grade. Shit continues going down the same path. Uh the i'm just spending all my time making fake ids and um eventually that was probably late 2013 by march or april i remember i was going on vacation i was going to the virgin islands and i had gotten doxed like somebody doxed oracle and they tied it to me and i was like oh fuck like this is not good and obviously what i do is deny it and continue business because as long as i deny it it's you know Like, there's no way to prove I am Oracle. And I don't know who did it, dude. To this day, I don't know how the fuck my name got tied to Oracle, but it did.
0: Even though his name was now tied to his fake ID business, he still decided to keep it up and running. I don't think he understood the risk he was taking with that decision, though. But this is the double-edged sword that all illegal online vendors face. The more they're known, the more trusted they become and the more business they get. But at the same time it means the more attention is on them from the police or other online enemies. Now that he was back to selling IDs on his own website, he lowered the price from $150 down to $100 per fake ID. His website was picking up business, and once again, every day after school, he was making fake IDs and sending them out. He was doing this so much that he was starting to get tired from doing it all the time. He was buying the holograms from a vendor in China, and over time, as he got to know this vendor, he discovered they were also making and selling fake IDs for US states and shipping them from China to the US. So Arya gets an idea.
1: So at this point, dude, it's like, This is like June of 2014. I asked him, I reached out to him like, dude, can you give me some of your employees? I'm like, I can't do this every day. Like, I'm getting tired at this point. I've been making fake IDs for almost two years. Um, It's getting out of hand. Like, I don't have any time to do anything. I have so many orders. And so this guy gives me a couple of his employees and I give them access to the admin
0: panel. He made a deal with this Chinese vendor that they would see the orders come in and make the fake IDs and then send them out to whoever bought them. And Arya would collect the money and then send them the cash to pay for their services for making these fake IDs. He sort of outsourced this whole business.
1: And now at this point, I'm just collecting money and I'm not even making the IDs anymore. There's people in China who are making them. You know, they would download all the orders for that week. They would ship them out. They would send me my invoice and I'd go to Western Union and I'd send them like two, three, four, five, six grand a week. I'd also at the same time profit, you know, two, three, four, five, six grand uh, for not doing shit. Just just pretty much facilitating these these transactions. Things
0: were going great for him. He had money to spend, a nice car and a girlfriend that he was really in love with. But he wasn't honest with her on where he was getting this money.
1: Um, I had been lying to her, dude, the whole time throughout our relationship. Like, she didn't know where I was getting all this money from. But she was there for all of it. She, she saw, like, the way we got to go out and eat, the way I was spending money. And I just told her, I'm like, I'm an investor in Bitcoin. Like, I trade Bitcoin. This is what I do. You know, like the most just fucking cliche thing you could say um, when you're doing a legal activity, pretty much.
0: He even kept the printing equipment mostly hidden from her.
1: Well, she saw them, but she didn't know what they were, you know, like, because I never did anything in front of her, ever. Um, When she went to sleep, like I would, I would, uh, you know, get on my computer and make the templates and all this stuff, but she never saw anything. She saw it, but she didn't know what it was. You know, we're just naive young teenagers. But I came out to her one day, the day before I graduated high school, and I told her, you know, this is what I've this is what i been doing the whole time. And because I, I figured like, dude, if I'm going to marry this girl, I have to tell her because that's what I wanted to do was marry that girl. And so I told her, it crushed her, it broke her heart. We broke up and I got really, really bad into Xanax. I mean, bad, dude. And that destroyed, it ruined my life.
0: Arya had been taking Adderall all through high school.
1: Uh, it was under control. I'd take one a day, sometimes two. Um, when this breakup happened, I started taking like 300 milligrams of Adderall daily. I mean, I was buying it online. I was buying multiple people's entire scripts, you know, like friends who were getting 30 Adderalls, I would pay them like 300 bucks for their scripts. So I'm, I'm just eating Adderall. And my friend had introduced me to Xanax because I had told him, I was like, dude, I don't know how to go to sleep at nighttime. Like I take so much. He's like, bro, have you tried Xanax? So now I'm like, Looking on the dark web to find Xanax, and I find it, and now I'm taking like literally 40 milligrams of Xanax a day. Um, I take like, you know, a 30 milligram Adderall, and then I'd I'd counterbalance that with with like a two milligram Xanax. But the shit that I was getting online was pressed, and they were advertised as four milligrams. So like, it was just it was disgusting, dude.
0: Now Xanax is most commonly used to treat anxiety. This is not always why people take it.
1: Oh, it is not, dude. So humans, like, we need to have natural fear. We have to. It helps us dictate, like, what we can and can't do. If you take enough Xanax, man, that natural fear that keeps you safe from doing shit you shouldn't be doing because you know it can either hurt you or put you in jail or you'll end up somewhere bad, that voice of reasoning in your head is just gone. I mean, it is literally gone. Everything sounds like a good idea. You, say, you, you think you're invincible on this shit, dude. And so here I am just spiraling out of control. Now I'm ordering like thousands of Xanax online. Like I had friends, man, but they weren't making money like that. And I figured if I can get a thousand Xanax online for $1,000, I can charge my friend 2000 and then he can go around and turn that into $5,000, you know?
0: Now, Even though Silk Road was taken down, there were other darknet marketplaces up and running. So he was now a customer on some of these other websites, buying drugs off these darknet marketplaces.
1: Any darknets that I can find a good price on, because they started popping up everywhere after Silk Road got taken down. Agora. Agora was one of them. So, you know, I'm, I'm buying all my friends these Xanax. And and now, dude, I'm just so lost in the sauce that I stopped giving a fuck about the fake ID business. Like, I literally, I'm like just receiving orders. I'm not fulfilling them. I'm not sending them to the to the manufacturers to make them. Like I'm just literally just gone.
0: He graduates high school and it's now summer. He's feeling crushed by this breakup still. And while the drugs help him feel better from it, he needed more drugs to keep feeling good all the time. And he just didn't feel like doing anything with the fake ID business anymore. But those orders kept coming in.
1: I'm behind probably like $100,000 in orders. And I just didn't care, dude. I just did not care. Like my life just, I thought there was no point in anything after I broke up um, with my girlfriend. And late 2014, this market called Nucleus popped up. And I don't know why, but I applied, I like reached, like this is when Nucleus first came out and it ended up becoming the biggest Darknet site at the time. But I reached out to them and I was like, if you guys need a staff member, let me know what's up. Um, You know, I go by Oracle, I was a vendor for fake IDs on Silk Road, and, you know, they reached back out to me, and I became staff on their website.
0: Whoa, Ari's journey through the dark web is interesting. He started out as a vendor, then went to being a customer, now as part of the staff to help run the Nucleus Darknet Marketplace. Stay with us, because after the break, he gets even deeper into it all. This episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Are you like me and pay monthly subscriptions to way too many things? By the end of the busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel subscriptions I no longer use. But this is where Rocket Money can help us both. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money's dashboard shows off this month's spending compared to last month's, so you can clearly see your spending habits. Plus, they'll help create a custom budget and keep spending on track. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com. darknet That's rocketmoney.com slash darknet. Rocketmoney.com slash darknet. This episode is sponsored by Mint Mobile. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Need help escaping from your overpriced wireless plans, draw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages? Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just fifteen bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com/darknet. That's mintmobile.com/darknet. Cut your wireless bill to fifteen bucks a month at mintmobile.com/darknet. Forty-five dollars upfront payment required, equivalent to fifteen dollars a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above forty gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See mintmobile for details. At this point, Arya had three streams of income. He was running a fake ID business, he was buying and selling Xanax, and now he was a moderator on the Nucleus Darknet Marketplace.
1: I did support tickets, I handled their forum.
0: Now, Nucleus mostly had drugs for sale on their site.
1: I mean, heroin, cocaine, Xanax, weed, shrooms, uh, research chemicals, everything. I think they were French, to be honest, dude, because their English was so bad. So they needed me to, and I was really good with my English, you know, like really good with punctuation, grammar. I knew where everything was supposed to be. Um, I had written up like their entire website for them. I had rewrote it uh, so it made sense to like the public. And Nucleus was, was paying at the time. It was a, a solid flat rate of five Bitcoin a week. Like regardless of what the price was, um, every Sunday we'd get paid and it would be directly deposited into our Nucleus account.
0: While he was doing this, he still was sort of doing the fake ID stuff, but he was very inconsistent.
1: It was, uh, it was bad, it was bad. Like, I would randomly fulfill orders. Um, you pretty much if you were lucky, you would get your ID at this point,
0: you know? So for the next five or six months, this is what he did. A little bit doing fake IDs still, a little bit buying and selling Xanax, and a little bit of this forum moderation. But his schedule was not consistent and was all over the place.
1: It just depended on on where the drugs took me that day. You know, I'd wake up after being awake for three days straight, binging Adderall and Xanax. I'd wake up and uh, I'd literally just do what the drugs told me to do. Um, if they said moderate today, I'd moderate and I'd go ham on moderating. If they said go out and be a drug dealer, go out and be a drug dealer. If it said... You know, be a fucking fake ID kingpin, be a fake ID kingpin. I had no sense of direction, dude. I was literally lost in the sauce. And the drugs dictated every move I made. The Zan- Whatever feeling the Xanax gave me that day or the Adderall pushed me to do is what I did.
0: And of course, with the Adderall and Xanax coursing through his system, he's on a roller coaster of feelings and experiences.
1: Uh, in the moment when the drugs first kick in, yeah, yeah, it felt it felt great. It felt like... I got my shit together, oh, like, I'm doing it, like, I'm making so much money. But in reality, dude, you, like, from any businessman's perspective, it's like, dude, you're a fucking mess. Like, you can't even stay focused on one task. Um, But in the moment, it felt good, dude. It felt, it felt great. Until you sober up and then you look at, like, dude, like, who am I? Like, am I a Christian boy? Am I, like, a drug dealer? Am I a, a fake ID kingpin? Like, what the fuck am I? Am I market moderator? Am I staff? Like, who am like, I? dude, I had, I had literally a personality crisis. I didn't know who I was.
0: And somewhere in the back of his head, he knew all this was illegal, which added stress to it all, too.
1: You know, if you looked at me a year prior, I was like this, like, 17-year-old kid who was only had a fake ID operation who was steady making money, who was taking drugs, but had it under control, to somebody who was now involved in like three or four different ventures, all of which can put you in prison for a very long time. Um, But then you combine them all together. It's like, wow, dude, like you could really go to prison for a long time. Uh, I had just become a whole different person, man. I didn't even know who I was. I couldn't even tell you.
0: He tried going to college to actually study cybersecurity. And some days he was really into it and did really well. But other days he wasn't at all and just didn't go to class. And so he ended up dropping out of college. Back on Nucleus, the site was getting more popular, which meant Arya was getting busier.
1: The admin refused to hire more people. There was, there was three of us and we had like hundreds of thousands of users and it was like, dude, like what the fuck, man? Like I can't, this is this is not cool. Like we need to have more support because we're getting 50 disputes a day. How the fuck do you think two people who have lives can manage to handle 50 disputes a day and like hundreds of support tickets?
0: So we looked around the darknet to see what other marketplaces were there and maybe he could work for a different one. He saw that Alphabay was becoming one of the largest markets at the time, and this would be a step up for him. He reached out to one of the moderators of Alphabay, and they started talking. And he was asking if he could help do moderation.
1: And, um, you know, I told him I was a staff member at Nucleus, and he uh, he told me that, you know, he'll talk to the team and see if he can get me hired there.
0: And sure enough, that's what happened. They gave him access, and he was now part of the staff on Alphabay, helping them run the site. And they were paying him in Bitcoin every week.
1: Yeah, $800 in Bitcoin, which would get at, direct, uh, directly added to my balance on my account. Uh, every every Sunday, I believe, or like every, it was either every Friday or Sunday, but you'd log in and you'd have 800 bucks staying there. And that was the pay as a junior,
0: junior moderator. And so now he's doing moderation for Alphabay, just like he was doing for Nucleus.
1: Same exact thing as Nucleus, like literally the same thing.
0: Often he would handle disputes between customer and vendor. The customer would buy something and not get it and then open a dispute. So he'd have to ask the vendor, hey, did you ship this yet? Can you show proof that you did? And this is what he mainly focused on. Okay, so I saw a Reddit thread just yesterday, I think it was, which was like, strip club DJs, what have you seen that you're not telling us? (laughs) And so now I want to ask you, darknet market moderator, what have you seen on there that would just blow our minds? I mean, I'll tell you the
1: one thing that's the one thing that blew my mind was how much money the admin was making a day off commissions. I do remember asking another moderator, how much is the site generating a day? Like in commissions, like how much is the admin profiting? And this man told me the admin was making $40,000 a day, 40, 40 grand a day, dude.
0: Now, if you listen to episode 24 of this podcast called Operation Bayonet, it is all about Alpha Bay. And we learned that the admin was a guy named Alex, and that later we learned that he made tens of millions of dollars from running this place, which was all from commissions. When somebody buys something on the site, a small percentage of that goes to the admin who ran the site. And did you get to speak with admin ever? All the time. I would talk to admin on Jabber. Jabber is a chat app which runs on the regular internet. Which, if you use the OTR plugin, it will encrypt your message end to end. Arya would really only talk with Alphabase Admin for business purposes, like to reset a user's password. Now, his OPSEC was getting a little better by this point. He was learning how to encrypt his hard drives and use Tails. And he went by a new username on Alphabet, 6pathsage, which hadn't ever been doxxed before. But there was still this trail of information with his fake ID business. That site was doxxed a while back, but he didn't want to let that reputation go. So this wasn't good.
1: Not only that, I, I wasn't tumbling my Bitcoin that I was getting paid for from Alphabay. I wasn't even trying to. I was doing the same thing I was doing with Silk Road, which was sending it to a Coinbase account and cashing out.
0: The reason why this is an issue is because if the feds knew his Bitcoin address, they could issue a warrant and take it to Coinbase, which is an American company, and ask for information about the owner of that wallet. And Coinbase has all the real information for its users. IDs, bank accounts, addresses, But this, I imagine, is a problem for a lot of people. They want to hold their Bitcoin and be private about it. But in order to cash it out, you need an exchange. And the trustworthy ones are audited and have to comply by US law. So you either have to deal with a shady place that you can't really trust to cash out your Bitcoin or go to a reputable one who you can trust, but they also have to collect your personal information. So you have to pick one to cash out your Bitcoin. Do you want privacy or one that's trustworthy? You don't get both. By this point, it was 2015. And the guy who was arrested for running Silk Road, Ross Ulbricht, had his trial and was given two life sentences in prison. And Arya saw this news.
1: I knew that he had been sentenced and what he got, which was the two life sentences. But I just thought I was different. Um, Again, full-blown drug addict doing all this. This is not of sober mind. This is just all in the mind of a pure drug addict um, who's who's living his life in a haze. So I just didn't care, dude. And I'm 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 a moderator on Alpha Bay, but I also have a separate account that I'm buying. I'm still buying thousands of Xanax, and I found a vendor on Alpha Bay that I, I ended up becoming like his number one customer. Uh, it was this vendor named Pharma King, and he had the best Xanax. So while I'm while I'm moderating. I'm still ordering Xanax.
0: The Xanax really wasn't making him that much money. He mostly got it so his friends could resell it so they could make money. They were selling it for much bigger profits because he didn't like being the only one with all this throwaway cash that he could buy things and have fun with. He thought it was much funner if his friends had money too. His main income was still through these fake IDs though.
1: At this point, dude, the fake ID business is like a scam. Like it's It's running as a scam would um, I'm still getting all of these orders and I'm still collecting all of the money for it, but I'm not fulfilling the orders. So in a sense, dude, I guess you could say I was just scamming people. Like I was just taking their money. I was spending it and I wasn't doing my part of the bargain, which was making their IDs and sending it to them.
0: And all he had to do was send the money and orders to those people in China who would make those IDs and ship them out. They would do all the hard work, but he wasn't even doing that.
1: That's it, dude. I know. I know. But I just became so greedy, man. And like, just did not care. Just didn't care. I was just like an asshole. Just a fucking pure piece of shit dickhead. I didn't care about anyone. I just wanted all this money. Like, why should I pay them? And I'm so, I don't know, dude. Eventually, like, it got out to the world on Reddit that, you know, this website's a scam. So the, the orders started going, they started going down in volume, like, a lot um, over time. And then it went from like making five, $6,000 a week went to making a couple hundred dollars a week. So I was, I was maintaining, I was still making good money for, for the age I was, you know, being 18 and not having any bills to pay because I live with my parents and like just, you know, I'm, I, I don't, I don't have any bills to pay. So I was still making good money. I was, I was comfortably living through all this, even, even, you know, making 800 bucks a week, even having a website, that was barely running at this point um, and between the money that I was I was making from the Xanax.
0: Ever since he graduated from high school, his life was going downhill fast. The Xanax turned him into a different person. He was arrested a few times while driving under the influence of it and lost his license from that.
1: I had totaled my car in late 2014. I had no car. Um, So I had no, like at this point, dude, I'm Ubering. I'm Ubering everywhere. I have no car because I totaled my car in late 2014 off Xanax, crashed it so many times, dude. Um, I lost my license because of drug charges I got. So I figured what's the point in buying a car if I don't even have a license?
0: Arya was starting to form a relationship with the police. He was not obeying traffic laws very well. He was driving while intoxicated sometimes. He was getting pulled over fairly frequently, But the police never found any evidence of it being more than that. They didn't discover that he was buying thousands of Xanax at a time, or was moderating a major darknet marketplace, or was selling highly illegal fake IDs. So each time, he was just hit with a minor penalty compared to what he potentially could have got if they only knew. Now, a very strange turn of events happened here. Arya had his fake IDs website, right? But he needed help with some technical aspect of it that he just didn't know how to do. He knew another guy who was running another fake ID website, and they chatted sometimes. Aria reached out and asked him for help on the website. So the two set up TeamViewer, a way for this other guy to see Aria's computer. And they started a screen sharing session. And Arya connected to the web server and got access to everything so he could give this guy access to what needed to be done through his computer. The webmaster for this fake ID was like, Yeah, I think I can help with this. Let me control your computer. So Arya gave him control through the team viewer and was watching him make the changes.
1: I guess I fell asleep. Right, I, had, I was high off Xanax and I fell asleep on my keyboard because that happened all the time. I would literally pass out because I'd be up for three days straight and i just crash one day and I'd wake up on the floor. So while he's on my TeamViewer one day and my TrueCrypt partitions are open because I had decrypted them, all of my text files that had like my web server information and hosting information and all that good stuff, it, I guess he went through my computer. Right. And so now he has like and he and he keeps it on the down low. I don't even know I've been compromised, but he goes through all of my TrueCrypt volumes and he he saves all of my fucking information. My wallet, my Bitcoin wallets, my my seed phrases, uh, web server info, uh, you know, uh, domain hosting info.
0: Arya woke up and the team viewer session had ended and he had no idea this guy copied everything off his computer which was his competitor for fake IDs. But the guy did actually help Arya and made the changes he was supposed to do, just did a couple other things when Arya wasn't looking. By this point, Arya's income had started to slow down. The fake ID stuff just wasn't bringing in what it used to, but that didn't slow down his spending or lifestyle. He would often hit up the mall and go nuts buying Gucci belts and jackets, Louis Vuitton clothes, a mini fridge for his bedroom, computers, TVs, watches, all this kind of stuff. As fast as he got the money, he was spending it. And occasionally he'd get together with some friends and drive over to Ocean City, Maryland, about three hours away, which is a beach town and it has a boardwalk and amusement rides. It's actually a great place for teenagers to hang out. And Arya was 18 at this point. So he had a fun time there. Of course, When he would go down to Ocean City, though, he liked to party down there. On one trip, he goes down with two young ladies and a friend. They park their car, but for some reason, they attract the attention of the police who start looking in the windows of their car.
1: So I guess they saw a piece of weed through the window, like on the floor, like a small piece of weed. And guess who goes to jail that night? Me and the owner of the car. I went to jail because I was driving the car when we decided to leave. The girl went to jail that night because she owned the car. And they also found Adderall, like a, like a bottle of Adderall on me when I scratched the label off, so they didn't know who it belonged to, but I got charged with like a possession of a Schedule One, Schedule Two narcotic, and possession of marijuana that night.
0: He's only held in jail for eight hours, and they let him out the next day. Because again, the police found no reason to believe that he was affiliated with all these other ventures that he was cooking up. So he gets out of jail in the morning, and a few more of his friends drive out and join him in Ocean City. One of his friends brought him a package, something that he ordered from a darknet market, and it was delivered to Arya's P.O. box.
1: I bought fake money in early 2015. I had bought fake money online on Evolution Market. I was high in Ocean City one day, and these bills are not good. <laughs> They were just, I, and I did it for the fuck of it. Like, I didn't need to do it. I just I just thought, okay, cool. I can get $1,000 of fake 20s for 200 bucks. Like, why not? And I thought it'd be a good idea to go to Ocean City and ball it out. And I got caught. The first place I decided to spend it, which was a restaurant, got caught.
0: <laughs> yep. Arrested two days in a row. And this is the problem that I first ran into when researching Arya's story. As I dug into his criminal record, there were pages and pages of criminal charges and violations. You already heard that he was driving while intoxicated and reckless driving and possession of marijuana and now using counterfeit money. But this is just the beginning. Throughout 2015 and 2016, he was arrested or ticketed for so many more offenses, failing to stop at a red light, driving without a license, operating an unlicensed motor vehicle, purchasing and possessing alcohol while underage, trying to buy things with a stolen credit card. In fact, I see 10 violations of him using stolen credit cards. And then there's trespassing, public swearing, public intoxication, possession of fictitious ID, driving a car with the windows tinted too much, and speeding. Actually, there are three speeding tickets. And on top of that, there are many more penalties of him just not showing up to court or paying these penalties when he was supposed to and stuff like that. Arya just didn't care at all. He was on some kind of rampage. All he wanted to do was have fun. But on this trip to Ocean City, the fun stopped because he was arrested two times in two days. And so the police searched him and put him back in the back of a police truck and took him to jail.
1: When they searched me, they didn't see the 12 Xanax in my pocket.
0: So he's in the back of the police truck with 12 Xanax bars in sort of a secret pocket in his pants.
1: My hands are cuffed behind my back, but there's some leeway to where I can reach my pocket if I just move my arms. So I'm thinking, oh my God, dude, like I'm about to go to jail and they're going to search me again. Like they're going to strip me and uh, I'm going to, like, they're going to find the Xanax and I'm going to get in more trouble. I'm like, so what do I do? My friend that was actually at the restaurant with me, he got arrested too. And he had nothing to do with the fake money though. He had absolutely zero to do with it. So, but because he was with me, he got arrested. Um, So I'm like, dude, what do I do? He's like, bro, you gotta do what you gotta do. So I put, I go in my pocket, I grab the bag of Xanax and I put it in between my ass cheeks right? And so we go into the jail and I had been arrested the night prior in Ocean City for possession of marijuana. I just got released that morning. I just got released. I was out for all of like 45 minutes until I got caught with the fake money. So now I'm getting processed back into the jail. I get there and the, the officer's like, you were just released. Like, how the fuck are you back here? So I'm I'm in the holding cell. I had the, I had the Xanax in the little baggie in between my ass cheeks. And I'm in the holding cell popping bars, dude. I'm just eating them like candy. I'm like, I'm not getting caught with this shit. And so I passed out for I don't even know how long. They're like, Secret Service wants to talk to you. So out Secret Service is like, where did you get the money from? And I'm like, I met with some guy on local Bitcoin who I sold Bitcoin to and he gave me cash. They were like, where did you meet him? I was like, on the boardwalk.
0: He lied to the Secret Service. He bought the money from a dark net marketplace, not local Bitcoins but he was so lost in the sauce, as he puts it, that he was just willing to do anything to get out of the situation and back to a lifestyle of having fun. This time he would have to stay in jail much longer though, unless he paid his bond.
1: Um, The, the magistrate or commissioner, he gave me a $20,000 bond. So I'm calling my parents from the holding cell saying, can you pay this 10% so I can get out of jail? So my parents wouldn't pay it. Like they just didn't. So my friends, ended up paying my bond, um, and I ended up obviously paying them back. But my friends paid my bond, they co-signed, and I was out.
0: Now, perhaps incidents like this should scare a person straight, right? Seeing what it's like inside a jail should make you realize that that's where you're headed unless you turn things around and fast. But Arya was hardly phased by this.
1: At this point, dude, the most I had spent in jail was like, I accumulated maybe, like, 20 hours in jail. And to someone who's in the prime of their drug addiction, like, nothing is going to stop me from using my drugs. Like, nothing. Uh, It just wasn't enough, dude.
0: So he continues to party it up and live the lifestyle that he's been living. But eventually, his court case comes up in Ocean City, and he has to go down and see the judge to see what's going to happen to him.
1: So I, I got convicted of 50 counts of Or 48 counts, I guess, of, you know, possession of fake U.S. or fake U.S. currency or some. I think that's what the charge is called.
0: He had to serve some jail time, but for some reason they don't make him do it all at once. The first round was that he had to go in for 60 days. And then the second round, I think, was going to be nine months. So he goes to jail for two months. And while he was in jail, the guy from that competitor fake ID website—the one that helped Arya with the web server problem and then copied all his information when he fell asleep—that guy decided this was the perfect time to make a move.
1: But he saw it as the perfect opportunity to, you know, why why would I let his website go to waste? And you know, when I could be collecting this traffic for my website. And so yeah, he ends up um, redirecting. Ends up redirecting my. my domain, my name servers to his website. And that's, that. yeah, that's while I was in jail.
0: After being in the clink for a couple months, he gets out and goes back home. And uh,
1: I'm still a moderator, like I don't know how. I haven't done any activity in two months, but I get back and it's like nothing had happened, like they didn't even notice I was gone. And I got right back into it, right back into the drugs, right back into everything.
0: But it wasn't the same. He still had all the things he bought before, the designer clothes, the watches and stuff, but his income had gone way down. He was on the other side of this high and mighty wave that he was riding.
1: Like, you look at someone who had everything, dude, who literally had the world in his fucking palms, and by January 2016 was a full-blown drug addict who was just barely getting by. January 14th, 2016, um, I'm in the car with some friends. We got a sale for like 130 Xanax. And my friend drives me to go do this sale. And I sell it to these two people. I get back in my friend's car and we're driving and we get pulled over for speeding. I'm in the back seat and there's somebody in the passenger and there's somebody in the driver's seat as we were getting pulled over, I told everybody in the car, I was like, everybody throw everything you got in this backpack. I had my backpack on me, which was all, I also had my laptop that I used for like moderating and everything, but the laptop was encrypted. So everyone throws their drugs into my backpack and I tell everybody before the officer even like fully pulls us over, I'm like, nobody claimed the backpack. We're all going to go down and we're going to beat it. You're right. And we get pulled over and the officer looks directly at me and he goes, you get out of the car. So I don't know if I got set up or not. I think I got set up. Um, the officer tells me to get out of the car. He smells weed. He searches the car. He searches the backpack, finds like 200 Xanax in there. So the the officer sits me down in front of his car. I'm handcuffed. It's, it's cold. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning on January 14th, 2016. I'm sitting on the ground and I'm high as fuck. And the, I just remember the officer coming back to me and he was like, the driver said it was your backpack. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, like I'm going to jail. <laughs> so I go to jail that night. Dude, I go to sleep for four days. I had a lawyer on retainer because I, I just figured, dude, I, like I knew this was all going to come to an end. So I had slowly, like every couple of weeks, I would add money to like my account with my lawyer in case something went down. So eventually this goes down and my lawyer can't get a hold of me because I'm passed out in the holding cell. Like they can't wake me up. I'm just so like, I'm just going through withdrawals. Eventually, I come to, and my lawyer like, finally gets a hold of me. He comes to visit me at the jail, and he's like, he is like, Aria, you fucking idiot. He's like, this is going to put you in prison. Like, This is it. So I'm sitting in jail. At this time, my only charge is distribution of Xanax. That's the only one I got. And I go to court, and the prosecution would say the lab results aren't back yet, so we can't proceed with the case until the lab results come back, and they verify that it is Xanax. So continuance, continuance, continuance. At this point, dude, it was July 31st, 2016. I'm in jail for seven months now. I'm still not sentenced. I don't know what's going on. I wake up one morning. I think it was like Wednesday, August 10th. And they were like, "Uh, Ebrahimi, intake is calling you. So they send me the intake and there's mass detectives sitting in the intake.
0: The detectives weren't saying much, except that they wanted Arya to come with them to go see the judge. At some point that morning, he's able to make a call to his friends to see if they knew anything.
1: Um, When I talked to my friends on the phone, they said a huge drug bust went down in our county. And I'm thinking, oh gosh, like they finally got all of us. Like we're hit. Like uh, They found out about the drug, the the Xanax ring.
0: The detectives take him to go see the judge or magistrate.
1: The, The detectives
0: give the magistrate 10 new felony charges. The house of cards was crumbling. The detectives were on him. After seven months of just having one charge of possession of Xanax, he now had 10 new felony charges.
1: Now I have six counts of conspiracy to distribute drugs. I got two counts of money laundering and two counts of manufacturing fake IDs. Like, I, I'm now preparing myself mentally that I'm gonna be in prison for a
0: long time. Arya took a closer look at these charges and realized how big of a situation this became because he wasn't the only person being charged with the distribution of Xanax. There were 27 other people being charged too and Arya recognized all of them.
1: Remember during all that time I was ordering thousands of Xanax like during all this? So I didn't realize that like how big like what I was doing, dude, like a thousand Xanax, like that itself is a lot. But then you add up how many times I made a thousand Xanax order and it was over like 20 times, dude. So every time, like, it's not like people were going unarrested uh, throughout all this. Like people were getting arrested for possession of Xanax distribution. Like there was a Xanax problem in my county. And I didn't realize that I was the one that started that. Like I had no idea. I didn't realize, I just, just did not think about how far down the line my actions were affecting other people and other families.
0: The people being charged were his friends who he would sell large quantities of Xanax to and then they would turn around and sell them to other people for even more money. The county police called this Operation Breaking Bars and they released a press statement showing the mugshots of all 28 people that were arrested. All but two of them were between the ages of 18 and 23. Which, if you have a bunch of nineteen and twenty year olds all arrested for the same thing, and a lot of their mug shots look similar too, it kind of makes you wonder if they were all friends.
1: I know every single one of them. Every one of them, dude. I, in some way or another, I was either directly or indirectly involved because I was giving. I would make these purchases for a thousand Xanax, and I would give them to my best friend, who would then in turn go give them out to everybody else. And so, like, the the whole county had a Xanax problem.
0: But there are two guys on here that sort of stand out because one of them is 55 years old and the other is 59.
1: Yeah, so one of them was a doctor who, to this day, um, he actually lived in my neighborhood. Uh, I believe he was wrongfully charged. Like That doctor had nothing to do with any of this, uh, any of it whatsoever. And then the other one, the other older gentleman, was uh, actually the father of the guy that told the police that um, it was my Xanax when we got pulled over. And I, I, I assume he did the same thing when uh, the police raided his house and they found all his Xanax. I, 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 <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he told them that you know it was his dad's Xanax because that's just the type of guy he is. And that's why his dad got charged.
0: After reading some articles on this doctor who was also arrested, it sounds like he was prescribing people Xanax and then those patients were selling those scripts or pills illegally, which Arya said earlier that he would sometimes buy prescriptions from people to get more drugs. So this doctor wasn't directly involved with any of this, however, he may have been over prescribing it to people who were selling it or abusing it. So all these people are arrested and come to court, and almost all of them get out on bond. But Arya didn't have the option to get out on bond. The magistrate wouldn't allow it. So Arya goes back to jail to wait until his court day. Eventually, his court day comes.
1: got to court that morning, dude, and my my court date is at 9 a.m. And everybody in this case, everybody you see in that report had court at the same time in the same courtroom on the same day. It was so awkward. So me and the other guys that didn't make bond were all in the holding cell together and they would go out to court, they'd come back and I'd say, what happened, what happened? They'd say, I got my case continued. And I was like, okay, it's weird. So everyone gets a continuance and it's it's like, it's going on like five or six hours now, I'm waiting in the holding cell. And my lawyer finally comes and he pulls me out the holding cell. He's like, it's not looking good. I'm like, what do you mean? He is like 20 people just told the prosecution that you were the one ordering the Xanax online. He's like, he is like you, have, you, you have like two options here. I was like, he's like, that's why everyone's case got continued because the prosecution wants to see whether you want to fight this and go to trial and they can use all these people, all these 20 people as witnesses at your trial, or if you want to just take the charge, like all your charges and just do your time. He's like, what do you want to do? And so now I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm really considering trial. But the thing about trial in Virginia is if you go to a jury trial in Virginia and you get found guilty, dude, you are going to do 10 times the amount of time you're going to do when you take a plea deal. So I was like, what's my plea deal looking like? He's like, there is no plea deal. He's like, you take all 10 felonies. That's the only deal they're offering. You take every charge, Um, nothing dropped. So now I'm like, okay, I'm really considering trial. And my lawyer is telling me, dude, there's 20 people. He's like, if it was just one or two witnesses, I can probably persuade them, the jury at trial, like they're lying to save their own ass. But 20 people, he's like, I can't fight 20 20 people. I said, how much time am I looking at? He said, the low end of your guidelines is three years and the high end is five years. I was like, man, I'm just going to do my time. So that's what I did.
0: So he was sent to prison. They actually sentenced him to five years in prison, which for a 20-year-old is some prime years of life to lose. But these were his consequences for what he did. Or was it? The charges he pled guilty to were for drug trafficking and manufacturing fake IDs, At no point were there any charges for him moderating a darknet marketplace. But a month later, his lawyer comes to him with more news. He says some federal investigators wanted to talk with him. Arya said he didn't want to. But his lawyer said, if you don't talk with them, they'll indict you on two new charges. Arya asked, what were the charges?
1: And one of them was uh, aggravated identity theft for the fake IDs, and then the other one was um, mail fraud for shipping the fake IDs to the mail. So he was like, do you want to talk to them? I said, well, what do they want to know? He's like, they want to know your story. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, they want to know how you went from, you know, where you did to where you are now. I was like, okay. He, and so he ended up setting up a uh, a proffer agreement, which is like a queen for, it's pretty much an immunity agreement to where I can tell them every illegal thing I've ever done without prosecution. And so that's what he did, man. That's exactly what he did. So the feds on October 14th, 2016, they transferred me out of the jail. They took me with, in handcuffs and I went and I sat down with the Department of Justice and I told them my entire story. And um, they, at this point, dude, and I don't know till this day how they knew I was a moderator, but they presented, they told me, they said, we know you're a moderator on Nucleus and we know you're a moderator on AlphaBay. I was able to tell them everything, dude. I was like, yeah, like this is exactly what I did. Uh, this is how I, pretty much the same story I just told you, I told them. And that's why I can talk about this because of that proffer agreement that uh, I can't be prosecuted for it.
0: I know the proffer agreement terms, even though he admitted to other illegal activities, he was not charged with any of them which means even though there was a federal investigation on him, he never faced any federal charges. The feds listened to the whole story, which gave them information so they can fight these crimes better and perhaps arrest others involved. During the meeting with the feds, Arya learned something strange was going on.
1: Somebody had been moderating my staff account on Alphabay the entire time I was locked up. And uh, they wanted my, my password and I gave them my password they had a laptop with them and they tried logging into AlphaBay with my staff account and they couldn't log in. And, uh, you know, I was like, and they told me that someone has been using it this whole time I was in jail. And it's like, it's like I had never left. So I was like, you know, I did my part. I I did the best I can. Um, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> and that was that, you know, they left it alone. They, they knew that there was nothing else that I could do. I gave them everything I could give them, which wasn't, Really, anything. Um, the primary thing that they wanted was my AlphaBay staff account login, and they couldn't they couldn't do anything with that because somebody else had ran the account.
0: And I don't know, honestly, I don't know who. His hunch was it was that guy who was running the competitor fake ID website, the guy who copied all his files when he was sleeping, it was probably him who logged into AlphaBay as Aria and was doing stuff because that guy had access to all of Aria's login information. So that makes the most sense. But in the world of darknet markets, sometimes people take over usernames to hide themselves in the shadows of others. So it's possible that the admin of Alphabay saw that Aria wasn't logging in as much anymore and just reset his password and gave that to someone else to take over the account. But whatever happened, Aria's password wouldn't work to let him log in anymore, which might have been some very helpful information for the feds to try to take down Alphabay. The feds knew he had Bitcoin and kept asking him about it, but he spent everything that was on his phone and in his Coinbase account. The only thing left he had was eight Bitcoin on his laptop. And they brought this laptop to him because when he was arrested, he had this laptop on him. But something happened to the laptop. It either overheated or broke when he was arrested. It wouldn't boot or load the OS at all. And that's the only place he had his Bitcoin at the time. So neither him or the feds were able to get into this laptop at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. they they, But they were pressing me out about the Bitcoin. They're like, what'd you do with all this money? I was like, guys, I spent it. Like, they were really drilling me about that. I was like, I spent every dollar of it. I was like, you guys know, dude, the file that they had on me, they had been watching me for four years. For four years, they were watching me leading up to this. Like from the day I started doing this shit, they knew, they knew everything. At least that's what my lawyer told me. But but when I saw my file and how fat that thing was, I mean, they had logs of my Jabber conversations with the OTR plugin, which makes me now know like Jabber is not secure. OTR is not secure because they had my logs in clear text, you know, like how the fuck did you get that?
0: The federal authorities held up their end of the deal and didn't give him any new charges. And he still had to serve five years in prison. And so prison was his life for a long time. And while he was sitting, slowly watching time go by, he was able to tune into the nightly news. And that's when he saw that Alpha Bay had been taken down by the feds.
1: I saw it on the news. It was 11 o'clock news that said Alpha Bay got taken down. And like that the admin had killed himself. Dude, it was, it, was, it was weird. It was just weird to see that. It was like, uh, again, like I went into a twilight zone seeing that. But I'm like, dude, this is somebody that I talked to. Like I had talked to this man all the time.
0: Arya spent years at the county jail doing various rehabilitation programs and then went to see the judge for a reconsideration on his sentence.
1: He said, okay, you've been in jail for two and a half years now. Here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to suspend the remainder of your sentence on the condition that you complete this program. Which is uh, an intensive drug rehabilitation program, but this one isn't in the county jail; it's in a prison. He's like, "You finish this program. It's a one-year program. Once you finish that, they'll release you." I said, "Okay, I'll take." Because I had at this point, I had two years remaining in my sentence. I said, "I'll take one year in exchange for like not doing two years. I'll take that all day, any day."
0: But things didn't go as planned.
1: I'm out of court. I come back and I I start going to sleep and. The jail was like, the officer was like, Ebrahimi, uh, intake needs you. And dude, I am pissed. I am so pissed because I'm thinking I'm getting more charges. Like what the, f- I'm like, is this shit ever gonna end? Like how long am I gonna be locked up for? Dude, I go to intake and the magistrate was like, wow, looks like your reconsideration hearing went well today. It was like, looks like you got all your time taken back. You're going home. I was like, uh, excuse me? Like, excuse me? I'm going home? Dude, I got back to the holding cell and I called my lawyer. I was like, they're releasing me. She was like, give me a call back in an hour. Let me figure out what's going on. So I called her back in an hour and she was like, the judge's clerk messed up your paperwork. They put nothing in there about the program. Like, so, so as far as the jail knew, the, the paperwork that they got from the courthouse said that my time was over. All they, uh, I guess the clerk only heard the part where the judge said, I'm going to suspend the remainder of your sentence. But didn't note anything after the fact that, on the condition of you doing this one-year program in prison. So, dude, I'm calling my family. I'm like, guys, like, do, what do I tell them that they messed up? My parents are like, no, like, just don't like, we want you home. Like, we miss you. Like, don't don't say anything. I'm calling my friends. I'm like, guys, like, what do I do? Like, do I tell them that they messed up? Like, no, don't don't say anything. Just just take it. So I called my lawyer back, and I was like, blah blah blah. I I. I was like, I I can't have this sort of opportunity present itself and say no to it. And she was going over all the different scenarios of what could happen, should they find out later on. I'm like, I don't care. I'm risking it.
0: So he decides not to tell them that they messed up the paperwork and prepares to leave prison. But there's another problem. Remember when he went to Ocean City, Maryland, and got caught with counterfeit money? Well, he was supposed to go back there to report for his probation and return to court. But because he was in prison in Virginia, he could not go to court in Maryland. So as he's getting released, they check if he has any outstanding warrants, and sure enough, there's one for him in Maryland. So he's released from prison, but the police from Maryland drive all the way out to him to pick him up, to take him to the jail in Ocean City, where he's wanted.
1: And I got sent to Maryland. I go in front of the judge and my lawyer was like, your honor, he just did all this time in Virginia. That's why he has a violation here. The judge gave me a bond for my probation violation and set me a court date for sentencing in July. So I pay bond. Right, it was ninety fucking dollars, dude. Ninety dollars. I'm out. I'm released. I'm am walking around in Maryland, thinking to myself, how the fuck did I go from doing another year? Like, dude, I'm I'm just you know think about it in that like in the mindset of someone who's been locked up for like two and a half years, man, had to do another year, to now like days later being released.
0: He took a three-hour taxi ride all the way back to Virginia and goes home, but it was weird.
1: I had mentally prepared myself to do all this time. And now I'm seeing my nephews. I see my sister, you know, my, my mom, my dad, man. Like, it was just amazing. We went out to eat dinner at a, at a Mexican restaurant that night. And it was just unreal.
0: His Ocean City court date was set about a month out. And in that time, Arya was good. He didn't do anything illegal and stayed clear from drugs. He learned his lesson. On the day of his court case, his family drove him down to Ocean City to see the judge. His lawyer told the judge how he just served two and a half years in prison and that's why he couldn't show up to court and that's why he violated his probation.
1: When he gave me time to speak at my sentencing, he was like, do you have anything to say? I was like, your honor, I just did two and a half years in Virginia. I was like, I learned, I was like, I've grown up. I was a little kid when I made all these mistakes and you know, decisions. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm an adult now. I was like, I need one more chance. And I promise you I won't ruin it. He's like, I gave you another chance when I put you on probation. I'm going to give you the remainder of your backup time.
0: The judge said he still needed to serve nine months in jail from his original sentence and did not give any leeway or shorten the time at all. The bailiff escorted him directly to jail.
1: I'm sick. I am sick. I have been out for like 23 days after doing two and a half years and now I'm going back to jail for nine months. And I looked back at my parents, man, and I can just see heartbreak. It was just terrible. I was sick to my stomach. So... I went back to jail in
0: Maryland. So back to jail he goes. Even though he was sentenced to nine months, he only had to serve six. So he does his six months in jail and gets back out and goes back home to Virginia to his parents' house. Now that he's out of jail, he still has probation from his main drug trafficking case. So he has to report to his probation officer frequently, and she comes by and checks on him to make sure he's not violating any of the terms. And he continues to report to his probation officer during all this time and actually gets a job as a server in a restaurant. But then one day, his probation officer was reviewing his files and saw the discrepancy in his paperwork. She notices he's supposed to be in prison right now doing that one-year-long drug program still. So she calls him up.
1: She was like, how are you out right now? And I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, "It's, it's all coming back. It's like, it's catching up to me. She pretty much said, you have to turn yourself in. And in my head, I'm like, I am not ever going back to jail. Like, I am so over it. I'm done with jail. And uh, I hired a lawyer and because she gave me two weeks to turn myself in to go finish my time. I still had to go to prison to do this year program. So I hired a lawyer. We go in front of the judge and the, the, the motion was a motion to reconsider my reconsidered sentence. We're asking for a reconsideration on top of what the judge already reconsidered. And remember I'm out for six, I've been out for six months now. Like I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm chilling. I'm working. I'm working at a restaurant. I'm a server. I'm not doing anything illegal. Like I'm just relaxing, dude. I'm a normal person now. And uh, we go in front of the judge and the judge was like, he's like, he's like, I remember you. He was like, you had the Bitcoin case. And the judge was like, I don't want to be the one to do this. He's like, I don't want to pull the rug from underneath your feet, but you owe the Commonwealth um, a debt. You have a debt to pay. And so my lawyer suggested, there's two modules to that prison, that one-year prison program. There's a six-month version of it, and there's a one-year version of it. And my lawyer had suggested to the judge, like, hey, he's been out for six months on good behavior. Take that into consideration when you sentence him next week, you know, that he's been out for this long and just give him the six-month version of the program. And so I go back to court for sentencing, resentencing, I guess, and the judge uh, gave me the six-month version. So I I went back to the county jail that day, that was June 6th, 2018. I went back to the county jail and um, I stayed there until about July, late July. And then the Department of Corrections came to pick me up and I went to prison and I finished my six months there and I was done. And I've been out since then. I got out on my birthday last year, January 10th, 2020. And uh, now it's just a story to tell. (laughs)
0: So Arya is now done with prison, done with drugs, done with illegal life. He's feeling great and optimistic about the future. He's currently working in a smoke shop and trading crypto to get by. In fact, he's really getting into crypto. So much that he launched his own crypto coin, which you can find more about at lofidefi.net. He seems to be investing in long shot opportunities where you can invest a little bit, but then it has the potential of making a lot of money. Because of all the stuff he got into, the Bitcoin was really the stuff that he should have held on to, but got away. He had Bitcoin on his laptop when he was arrested, but that laptop broke somehow. And the feds still have it, and there's no way for him to access it. But there are eight Bitcoins on that computer still, which at the time was only worth $1,000, but today is worth over $400,000. And so there's not a moment that goes by that he doesn't look back at this Bitcoin that he had and wishes he had kept it somehow.
1: Gosh, dude, I know. I bang my head against the wall. I wake up, dude, the first thing I do is I just run into my wall head first. And then I- (laughs) (laughs) Every day, it's the first thing I do.
0: So Arya is chasing that wave of crypto. And that's why he's excited to invest in it today. And he's only 25 years old still and has a whole lifetime ahead of him. But at the same time, he already has a lifetime of stories.
1: So that's what happened, dude.
0: A big thank you to Arya Ebrahimi for sharing this story with us. Just as a reminder, you can get an ad-free version of this show and bonus episodes. You can do this by either subscribing to Darknet Diaries Plus on Apple Podcast or by visiting patreon.com/darknetdiaries. If you do, it'll really help the show. So thanks a lot. This show is made by me, Dark Venom, Jack Reciter. Editing help and sound design by the tab-clicking Andrew Merriweather. Our associate producer, just back from the poolside potluck, is Ray Redacted. You're currently listening to Dreamer 12085, which is an NFT I just bought. And our theme music is by the fanciful Breakmaster Cylinder. Hey, I just found out that Albert Einstein was a real person. All this time, I just thought he was a theoretical physicist. This is Darknet Diary.